everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. It is a brand new month, September. I always love new months. Isn't yeah, it nice? New months, new episodes. Fresh starts. I'm personally not a fan of August, so I'm always glad to see it gone. It's it's the hottest month. It's mm-hmm. a back-to-school month. There's a lot of things going against August. Uh, yeah, lightly offended as the man who was born in August, but, you know, I you get know, your point. Yes. I, aside I, from, aside from my mother's hot. birthday, Garrett's birthday, problem is August is like anti-June. You what, know? Birth- like, what was the like first the birthday month? you said? My mom's. Yeah, Oh, your mom's. Okay. Mom's. So like, you know, June is that first month of the like real first month of summer. Cause like May, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you were younger, you're still getting out of school and that's still mm-hmm. the case up through like college and sometimes, but June's like the first, like, Hey, there's nothing going on this month. Yeah. Movies yeah. left and right. It's warm. All that. August is like, no, it's over. It's reality is creeping in, in August. But I feel like the movies that were starting off September fit that aesthetic now that you mentioned it. It does Because fit, this one um, is a very back-to-school back kind of a situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So September, new month, new movies. We're doing Thanks for series. everybody who participated in our Pick a Pit, though. That was a lot of fun. Yes, yes. We're very glad to have that. Hopefully you all enjoyed our divisive burn after reading review. If you missed it, it's back in the feed, so many sequels.com. We had a lot of fun doing Brad Pitt movies all August. So now in September, we're going to do Pitch Perfect to celebrate the franchise's 10-year anniversary. Pitch Perfect came out 10 years ago, spawned three movies and a soon-to-be TV show. Mm-hmm. So we thought, you know what? Let's go back to 2012 and dive deep into the Glee-inspired acapella craze of the 2010s. Because <laughs> yes. it was real. It was real. It was uh, real. So Pitch Perfect, like I said, came out in 2012. Has a pretty solid cast of performers. You got Anna Kendrick leading the show, Brittany St- Snow, Anna Camp, Rebel Wilson, Skylar Aston, Ben Platt, Adam Devine, Elizabeth Banks. A, a, a pretty solid cast of, of comedic actors and, and mm-hmm. musical performers. So for either of you, was this the first time watching it? It was not. It was not your first time. It wasn't my first time, but it was my but first time paying attention. It was I close think. enough to your first time, so yeah. you lead the way and describe us okay. your thoughts as a relative newcomer. Sure. Yeah. So 2012 Garrett was not interested in Pitch Perfect whatsoever. Mostly it was a musical. It was probably in the realm of like chick flick that he would have thought at that point in time. So let's just get that out there now. That's why I haven't paid much attention to it. But I really enjoyed it. I think it was a lot of fun. I think that this is an example of a perfectly cast group of an ensemble who are let to do what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elizabeth Banks, and I can never remember his name as a person, Oh, but <clears throat> the <throat> second announcer who is just... John, John Michael Higgins. John Michael yes. Higgins, who is just a comedic genius in everything that he ever does, for my, in my opinion. Those two, perfect. They just go off of each other. They continue to just go off the rails and they are so funny in every single way. Rebel Wilson in her role, perfect. Anna Camp in her role, perfect. Anna Kendrick in her role, perfect. Like everybody is just so perfectly cast and they do such a good job. I think watching it, I said it gives me very bring it on vibes where it takes this sport that isn't a football or a baseball or a basketball. It's not a major sport, but it gives it that major sport theme. And to me, that's that's really funny. But it's also connectable because that is something that these people are passionate about. So, of course, they would have that same kind of passion. You just don't think of it that way. And so it provides you a comedic situation, too. And to be a little over the top and leans into it 
much like Paul Blart Mall Cop knows itself well enough to be what it is. This movie knows itself to be what it is and really just steers into it. And it was a lot of fun. And it wasn't afraid to be weird. No, yep. it's not. Now, what did you think, David? When, and when, did oh, you first, when did you first see it? Did you I'm, see it when it came out? Oh, no, not in theaters when it came out. I'm going to say I probably <laughs> saw it sometime in 2013. Probably once it was on Blu-ray or might have been streaming. I don't know if it would have been streaming at that point. My wife was at the time teaching in Owasso. And I think she had had, she had like these debate kids. And so like they wanted to watch it. And so like they, or something like that, some friends that she had that were like way too young for me to be hanging out with, they came over to have like, she was like their sponsor for the night or something like that. And we watched Pitch Perfect. So I watched Pitch Perfect with its demo. And they loved it. And I got to say, I actually really enjoyed it too, because it surprises I'm, me, honestly. I'm a sucker for music in movies. I, you know, like I just get into it. I'm a sucker for mashup songs. So the yeah. whole riff off scene to me is like, I wish I was that creative. And I, w- I don't know if anybody's ever, I don't know. I've never actually done the, the, the time to like look up and see, do people do riff offs? Cause that sounds like it would be wildly entertaining james like, corton does on the late late start, show sometimes start singing and then someone has to pick it up or they had to be listening for a, a certain lyric that they know they can pick up on it's just so cool like you said i mean the no one in this i believe nobody here this was their first movie but definitely this is a movie that put a lot of these younger actresses and even like adam divine ben i, I, I don't know about how you could say ben platt but ben platt kind of on the map in terms of movies i gotta say you know i know ben platt's had his issues recently with people who, who are talking to him but when his character gets to join the group i was like you got me you got me all right he came out and he goes i got the magic and i was like ah I was like, genius, genius, roses, you know? And uh, that said, I have a, I do have a, a flaw with this movie that I have a hard time reconciling, but it doesn't kill the movie. Like, I still really wildly enjoy it. I just, there's something, they, there's a choice they make towards the end, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't like that. All right, okay, fine. Well, and we can talk about it in a minute, but I really, I like this movie. I, re- I love rewatching it. I love the songs. I love the mashups. When she starts, what is it? When they're doing... Ace of base for the 18th time. And she like sneaks in. Well, I don't remember what it is. She sneaks in titanium or something yeah. like that. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. The sort of forced relationship in a lot of ways between Anna Kendrick and gosh, what's the other guy's name? Young Zachary Levi. Skylar <laughs> Aston. Skylar Aston. Yeah. Am I the only one who thinks that or no? Yeah. Is that I did not think it felt forced. No. I didn't think it, but I always appreciated the Zachary Lee by mention. To me, it just it feels like it, you know, like from the moment the two walk on screen together, you're like, okay, yeah. All right. Well, they're gonna do this then. This is gonna be the couple. This is the couple for the movie, right? But and the couple. It was, you know, and they they, you know, they they're hanging out in the, the, the radio, the college radio station, which is as three people who worked at a college radio station. At that they, time. At that time, it really feel very reminiscent of our college radio station, but maybe this was. But then again, we worked for the only public college radio station in Oklahoma, and <laughs> so this might be a station that only goes out to the campus, a la OU or other sure. schools, and not one that actually goes on the public airwaves. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I enjoyed it, uh, and, you know, and I enjoyed the I enjoyed watching it again. Yeah, I like this movie a lot too. I always have. I. I genuinely can't remember if I saw it in the theater or not, but I'm certain I saw it when it very close to when it came out if I didn't. Because it, it checks all my boxes too. I mean, 
I love. I'm also a good sucker for mashups. I love when music is well incorporated into a movie. I I wanted to laugh and interrupt you, David, but I didn't because you know you famously have an issue with musicals. Right. That's what. <laughs> but I, this is a music say. movie. Yes. This is a movie is with different. music. So I appreciated the distinction you made there because, yeah, right. it's not a musical, but it is a music movie. It is a movie. That is performance-based at times. And it's I very theater-based, very drama-based, and that's, you know, your two wheelhouse, It is. Too. It's very much my background. I wish I, I didn't really do a lot of singing in college. Yes, but I didn't. Was, I wasn't a choir or a, or a Glee acapella Club. kid, but I didn't, but I, I was a theater kid and I did enjoy Glee for at least a couple seasons. So this, like I said, this was perfect for me. And I really love what the cast does with this. There's so many, there's so many layers to to every character. I think one of my favorite things is, and I, I'm I'm kind of saying this as I'm thinking it out loud, and haven't had the chance to figure out how to not make this seem offensive toward Anna Kendrick. But it, Anna Kendrick does not exude. I'm the cool kid, you know. Like too she's cool more for of the. Yeah quiet hidden in the corner type and she both is the kind of general school outcast and also the cool rebel of the bell bella Bar barton bellas so that i love that layering they do that there was, yeah and then of course all of the exaggerated impacts of being involved in a college club are on full display here and I yes. love that they are basically, you know, the, the, the foundations of a sorority or a fraternity, the Greek life is more of what they kind of deal with more than a regular group. Cause they've got the weird rituals and they'll, you want to talk about forced friendships. A lot of them are forced friendships, at least in the beginning mm. before they kind of come together a little more, but man, I just love seeing that on display because a core. I think a core concept of the college experience is being involved in some kind of competitive group or something like that. And believing in your soul that nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. <laughs> nothing we are, matters. We are the but only this thing. this group that you're dedicated to. Yeah, and that's we, how they are. Nothing matters to these girls right. in the Bellas. Nothing. The guys in the, uh, what do they even call themselves? The Troublemakers. The Troublemakers. Troublemakers. They live for this too. Like, yeah. When you are an acapella kid at this school, it is everything to you. And they yes. really leaned into that. And I believed it. And that's every, that's every school club slash it's organization. Truly every an element club. of like, and every, every group it is now you get more here. You get like eight, 10 girls, I guess, young women. Most of the time it's like you get 20 people in a group and like three of them really care. And then the rest are just <laughs> kind of like there for it. But those three, you know, and, you know, I might be one of those, but you're sitting there, you're like, we're the reason this school still exists. Like, we're holding this school upright. Right yeah. The, you know, the, that the Barton of, Bellas. Those <laughs> kind of mentalities that you get, the Barton Bellas, the Troublemakers, they both think that way. It's pretty. I, 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 my two flaws with this movie, David, to get into that, and then are, are one, it's as, as much fun as it is. It is unbelievable to me that there can be four acapella groups that are that competitive on a college campus. I just don't believe that's the case. You could give me a two, but you can't have me a four. And they had at least four. And the other one is that you had McLovin in there. And I know I hate calling him McLovin, but that's what I'm going to call him because that's what everybody knows. But he had, he was like king man of the auditions and he ain't sing once. And I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So for me, my, for me, it comes down to a very key thing. So like you said, Josh, she's too cool. Right. There's a little bit of like, I don't even watch movies. I don't even like, what's a, Oh my what's gosh. A, yeah. I'm too cool film? for it's, movies. There's a little kind of bit stuff. of like, she's overly pretentious, but she's also the rebel girl. And mm-hmm. so, that's not really my problem, but I wanted to. I wanted to to pick up on that when you, after you I said I also it. love that this that this that Becca is like too cool for movies, but also mashes up like the most mainstream, generic yes. top forty pop song she could find. <laughs> you true. can't have it both ways, Becca. So for me, the the crux comes down to the very end of the movie. The the fatal flaw for me, maybe not fatal, but the flaw for me is the Bellas have a very, in my opinion, I think a very admirable. Uh, mission statement, which is they want to highlight women's music. And unfortunately, they've gotten stagnated in only doing certain specific songs, older songs that aren't exciting. The newest song they have is Ace of Bass, I Saw the Signs, and they sing it as their opener every time and they never advance. So they get together after these, you know, series of events that make them stronger as a unit, right? They get together and they're like, we have to change. We have to be new. And what's the first thing they decide to sing? Bruno Mars. And then what is their final act? It's Don't You Forget About Me, which is a male-led song. It's Jesse J's It's All About the Money. So you do keep that. And then what's the other one they start with? I can't remember. It's another, but it's another men's man's song. And I was like, I was like, you know, that's kind of I find that a little bit unfortunate because I think that the goal of hey, let's highlight women's music, because we're an all-female group, is good. But just Freshen it up. Jesse J's it's all about the money. Great. Have rap, have hip hop, have incorporating mashups is cool. But I don't feel like they had to completely abandon their idea to be like, well, we're not cool. Nobody likes us. Let's start singing guy music now because that's that's what wins is guy music. So let's sing Bruno Mars and let's sing a bunch of, you know, things like that. Now, and and it, tied to that, oh, we need to be new and fresh. Let's sing a song from a movie from the 1980s. That'll really like freshen up our style. But in the end, I mean, it's a great mashup. I don't have a problem with that. But I just felt like they kind of uh, sold a little bit of what made them, I think, special Unique. in order to modernize. And that's kind of like, I, I just feel like that's unfortunate from a character choice. But it doesn't kill the movie. Like I said, I just kind of, it just stood out to me when I was watching. I was like, oh, that's kind of, that kind of stinks. That, but what do you guys think of that? Is Am I overreaching with that? No, I don't think you're overreaching. I think maybe I, there's something to that. I, I my gut instinct is that they just didn't think about it. I, I say it's one of my. You do make a good point yeah, that yeah, they yeah. switched to male-dominated music in the end. Yeah, and I think that you know taking the story and adding a little more depth to it. I you know I think again it, you know this movie leans towards comedic rather than certain depth of story, but I do think that would have been a good thing to carry on because you're right. I think even from a storytelling perspective, had they come out to the old Barden Bellas and done the same thing and then and changed it up. And you see these new mashups that they incorporate after you expect the old. And it is those, the female fronted music that they talked about. I do think that is an important thing that, you know, I didn't recognize it, but I do think that it is a good thing to call oh. out because you're right. They, they go out of their way to say that they do female fronted music and then they drop that. So either don't use with that the, or, with, or incorporate it. it throughout the whole thing and and the response from the judges and from the announcers is oh hey they're cool now the other one is they they, they do give me everything by pitbull as a part of that final mashup that they do so it's like you have price tag by jesse j i think i said all about the money before price tag by jesse j but then you have it's mixed in with two 
Batman songs, and I'm like, wow, this is a really well. And you can even cool, incorporate those older that, songs. You know that what I they mean? Did yeah, they, they, so, you can incorporate those older songs that they did traditionally with the more modern female fronted songs too, and you mm-hmm. still have a good, cool modern mashup. But mm-hmm. I do think that's a fair critique. So yeah, I mean, like I said, and I to say, like I said, it doesn't kill the movie because I mean, from whether it's whether it's Anna Kendrick rapping No Diggity or it's gosh, there's a part where uh, I I really like when Skyler, what is it, Skyler Levi, when he sings when he sings uh, feels like the first time. I was like, man, he nailed that, he nailed that. And then I always like to imagine that part of the inspiration was if you guys ever saw the. University of Oregon's acapella group on the rocks went viral with this Lady Gaga performance that they did on campus. And Put I like the show think, notes. Huh? Yes. I, but we will definitely we can do that. There is a guy, there is a, a main, a, like a lead guy who does most of the Lady Gaga parts that I feel like is the direct inspiration for Adam Devine's character. But I've never been able to confirm that anywhere. But it's just because I feel like you don't go cast Adam Devine when. Unless you're trying to replicate this dude who's at the center, because he's kind of got this kind of I don't know bigger chin kind of thing. I don't know. At it, that video was very funny at the time, and On the Rocks is still a very good acapella. But one thing I wanted to talk about because it surprised me a little bit, looking back on it, is the absolute chokehold that the Cup song had on the Zeitgeist, <laughs> considering that it barely exists in this movie. She yeah. uses it as a audition song in one small scene. And then this song went on to do crazy. It was, it reached number six on the Billboard Hot 100, making it Anna Kendrick's first top 10 hit. Yeah. It also topped the, hit the top 30 in Canada, Ireland, the Netherlands, and New Zealand. This song that barely exists in yes. the movie. And I also want to point out that this is 2012. That's pretty much all radio play spotify Mm -hmm. is less than a year old at this point apple music doesn't exist streaming music is not really a thing yeah so whoa why is that song so crazy popular i mean it is the cups it's 100 the cups people want to do the cups they want to listen to the cups they like the experience of the cups and they want to do it so they want to hear it and then they want to play along from a film pers- from a, from a, from the perspective of the film and the viewers of the film i think there's an authenticity to it right because because like she's not She's not, I mean, they're all technically singing a cappella, right? Even though they play music for the, for the Since You've Been Gone segment, but they're all singing this in their head, like, you know, a cappella. but like she comes out, she doesn't like make a big show of herself and she's just going to play on the cups, right? Old campground entertainment, right? Something authentic about it. And it's very sweet. And it's probably, I don't know, it's, it's, it, for whatever reason, it hooked in there and it transformed uh, Anna, Kend- Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick from, an actress who can sing to now like a like pop star. Quite the superstar. She, and, I mean, they also had her go out and perform this song on David Letterman, The Tonight Show, and Saturday Night Live. And was she playing Cups wow. the whole time or was she just... I don't singing? know if she was playing Cups the whole time, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's not a bad song. I enjoy it. No. You know, had this been the early 2000s or the late 90s, with this kind of success, she would have released a pop CD. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I'm glad she did not do that. I'm very glad bad. she did not do that. But it is, she definitely would have. It is too bad that her character is not a real person because I always wanted to hear this song mashed up with Philip Phillips' Gone, Gone, Gone just because of the... Because well, they both use the word gone a lot. And a but, recording career seems to be exclusively between Pitch Perfect and the Trolls franchise. It is. I mean, and she's gone on. I mean, like this movie, like basically like anybody who was like, oh, we're making a moot, we're making a... Uh, a musical or a 
she's just got it. Like she's done like what? I feel like 10 or 12, if not more, just outside the Pitch Perfect franchise, like musical type stuff since then. She's done a lot of musical, a lot of musical film. I mean, she did, yeah, that, Into the Woods, the Trolls movies. The Christmas movie where she sang and pretty Noel. When Bill Hader. Noel, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get into the next two because this will be, I mean, it will be my first experience with Pitch Perfect 2 and 3, so I have never seen those. I have seen, I think I've seen parts of Pitch Perfect 2. I, I also love to give a shout out to some other people. I do love the the sort of supporting cast. I like how all of the, oh, God, yeah. all of the, all of the women in, in the Bellas are like completely different from one another. Like you could make an argument that Anna Camp and Brittany Snow are, you know, similar. They're similar enough. They're like the most experienced members, but like. Yeah, Hannah Mae Lee, Esther Dean, you know, Alexis Knapp. They're like, they couldn't be more different as characters. And that's what makes it so fun. It's very fun that Esther Dean gets to sing the song she wrote that Rihanna recorded, which is the Whips and Chains song, whatever. I can't remember the title, but she wrote that song. And 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 Rihanna, Rihanna picked it up. Rihanna picked it up and made it a huge hit. So that's kind of fun that she got mm-hmm. to sing her own song in a movie. I also really like Urkan. I can't say his last name. I'm going to avoid saying his last name. But he was the one who was doing sort of like the beatboxing and the rapping yeah. for the Troublemakers. That dude's just cool. He's um, in. He's currently in the CBS show Ghosts, and he has been in a lot of supporting cast stuff, and he is truly funny and just mm-hmm. a very, like his comedic timing, because he can do things like this. In Ghost, he plays more of the straight man, but he's still very comedic, and he's also very strong, just overall. Yeah. Like, I'm he was great in himself. ABC's Muppets. Who was remember it? that? You got he that was, was a, a show. He was like love that he, show. He was a, a an analyst. He was like a social media analyst that came in to try to spice up the show for them. I really like, even though it only ran for one season. ABC's Muppets was pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's shift it into box office gear. Oh man, it feels like we've only just started. Here we go. I know. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think we all really enjoy this movie. I'd recommend it, man. To take a Time a, a trip to the Wayback Machine here. September 28th of 2012 is when this movie opened. It initially opened to, in a limited release, only 330 theaters to 5 million, which was good for the number six spot. Also opening that weekend was Hotel Transylvania, which opened it, opened with 42 million. And the number two spot, Looper, Ryan Johnson's time travel staker. Yeah, yeah, movie. Not a fan of that. Um, I had my I had my issues with it at the time, but I kind of feel like I should go rewatch it because I've become such a huge Ryan Johnson fan since then. Fair. End of Watch was number three, was seven point eight, and then Trouble with the Curve. That sounds like a dead dog movie. Is that what that is? End of Watch. I don't know. Go on, I'm gonna find out. No, no. So this is the movie. I'm gonna get so much heck for saying this. End of Watch was like a copaganda movie. Oh. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena, where on the cover of no 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 shoot, my Jake Gyllenhaal looks like Barack Obama. It's like uh, the most off-putting image I've ever seen. But if you look up the poster for End of Watch, Jake Gyllenhaal looks like Barack Obama in a copaganda, a copaganda movie. I I see what you're talking about and agree with your use of the word copaganda. And then at number five was House at the End of the Street. So that was its limited release. Now, the next weekend, it would get a wide release to 2,000 theaters where it would go on to finish in the number three spot with 14 million. So a big up, a big jump up from its, its limited release. Also in the theaters that weekend, this will take you back. Taken two, and Frankenweenie. Taken again. Well, you've taken my wife and children again. Yeah. So for the year of twenty, oh, so Pitch Perfect would go on to finish with sixty-five million dollars in the United States, fifty point three million overseas, for a worldwide total of one hundred fifteen million dollars, 
on a budget of just 17 million. I mean, you kind of think some of the most, probably a good chunk of that went to, some of that went to the actors, sure, but probably a lot of that went to music rights um, to get them in like perpetuity. So that is good enough for Pitch Perfect to finish, I believe in the number 50, 50 something spot in, here it is, the number 48 spot domestically and the number 66 spot internationally. Of course, it was 2012. So the number one movie, both domestically and internationally that year was The Avengers, followed by the likes of The Dark Knight, Hunger Games, Skyfall, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, The Amazing Spider-Man, Brave. Those are the movies from 2012. We've done some of these. We've done Men in Black 3. We've done Men in Black 3. You can go listen to our review of that. Yeah, that this, was also the year, this is also the year Django Unchained came out, Josh. And we played that. We played freaking those Django Unchained songs like crazy on our On our college yeah. radio station, yeah. yeah. It was, we did not play Becca's mixes. All right. Should have. Cool. Well, what do we want to guess the Letterbox community has rated this movie while y'all think about it? Here's a few of the top reviews on Letterboxd. We've got the Sacapellas, who are the Muppet group, are so valid. I need Jesse's Letterboxd username right now, please. Why? Oh, right. What is the best scene in all of cinema? And why is it the Since You've Been Gone audition scene? Yeah, I really <laughs> like that scene, too. <laughs> what, what, feels, what feels gay and homophobic at the same time? <laughs> and then finally, perhaps the most confusing one to me, is a five-star review. That only says Anna Kendrick is this generation's Jack Nicholson. Well, allow it to be said that we'll have to go. Silence met with silence. Yeah, I don't understand what they're going for there. How to go through the methodology? I'd like to see the peer review, please. I forgot one one final review. People who can't enjoy this movie are boring and pretentious. I don't make the rules. (laughs) Okay, so with that said, luckily we're all good there. Yeah, you go first. Ah, three point six. I think um, it's going to be a 3.6. Yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to say because I assume that, like me, most people like this. I assume that it's kind of a darling. Maybe there's a bunch of people out there that are haters. I'm going to guess it's a... You said 3.6? Yeah. I'm going to guess, it, I'm gonna guess it's a 3.3. Ooh, okay. I was That was my other one, but I went on the high side. 3. I mean, I definitely think side. we're probably in the right ballpark because... I, I would have to agree that it seems like people like it, but I wouldn't expect it to. I wouldn't expect it to to reach a f- to four status, right? But I wouldn't expect it to be much lower than a three either. So, what did you say? You said three point three, David. Yeah. I guess I'll. I guess I'll undercut you a tiny, tiny bit and say three point one. Ooh, okay, so we might have tiebreakers. So I'm gonna. Okay, let me go back and look at the review. Okay. Well, we don't have a direct hit this time. And fortunately, we will not need a tiebreaker because the person who won is just point one off. And that is David because the score is 3.4. You guess 3.3. Yes. And he and so Gary was 3.6. Hey, yeah, all right. time. Good and time, even by prices right rules, you would win. Back in the saddle for me. Been a good year for me. I'll just put that out there. I won't give away the final scores at this I'm point. Glad. Been I'm a glad good year for me year. in the letterbox game. In the last few minutes of the show here, we, as in like, I don't know, movie fans just recently celebrated National Cinema Day, which was mm-hmm. a big, huge joint venture by like a bunch of indie movie houses as well as the big corporations, AMC, Regal Cinemark, to do $3 tickets on September 3rd. And from what it looks like, a lot of people took advantage of that. Did, did, did you guys take advantage of that at all? I did not. You did not. 
I did indeed. I saw The Invitation, which is a horror PG-13 horror movie, and it was a great $3 watch. <laughs> that is cryptic. Okay. What about, what about you, Josh? So I went and saw, I went and saw a movie called Funny Pages at Circle Cinema. Oh, which okay. is a, it's, it's a, it seems to be, I haven't read much about the movie in terms of like, I actually hadn't read about it at all. I just looked up the synopsis and went, I'll watch that. So I don't know about how, ter in terms of if it was a big release or not, but it's an A24, like coming of age film about this senior in high school who is really into comic book drawing, but he, he's obsessed with like. He doesn't like superhero comics. He's like deep into comic nerddom and some traumatic things happen as is want to happen in coming of age tales. And you just get to watch him kind of deal with the end of his public school career and the beginning of him trying to be a comic book artist. So mm. it was interesting to say the least. It's probably not what folks would expect based on what I described, but. I enjoyed it well enough. It was also a good three dollar watch. It was interesting. I, 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 like I said, didn't go. We're kind, of, you know, and I, I honestly didn't feel like there was anything that I really wanted to see. There's not. That's why they and, picked that day. I know, yeah, and 100%. I was like, I was like, I, I could see something again, but that's I didn't why the see top of the again. box office is. I'd rather Spider watch Man and Top Gun. I'd rather watch the Hogs dominate Cincinnati. They didn't, but they beat them. You know, and and then I watched some other stuff that maybe Garrett and I could talk about some other time. Oh, and, uh, Clash of yeah. the Clash of Clans or whatever the hell you yes, all watch. The Clash of Clans, the Clash of Clans, the classic mobile RPG game. It was Clash yep. of something, wasn't it? It was. I knew I was close. All right. Well, you all could talk about that on a different show. For everyone else, find us online at so many sequels.com, follow us on social, and we'll see you next week. Hey, quick breakings of our oh. pitch perfect. We didn't do that real quick. Oh. 3.5. Also 3.5. Ooh, I'm gonna go high four. Here we go. Wow. Half okay. a star for, or a full star for a full enjoyment, though. I totally forgot about the part where we rate the show or the movie. <laughs> hey, we got bad at that part, too. Yeah, I know. Ooh.